Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. We bring you theatre news, theatre reviews, and theatre geek news. I'm Oscar. And I'm Alice. And this is another episode of Theatre Club Podcast. This week we are going to talk about the brand new production of Oklahoma, which has just opened at the Young Vic, the brand new production of another classic musical, My Fair Lady. That has just opened at the ENO. Uh, very, very different shows. I'm looking forward to talking about both of those. Um, big news of the week was that the Broadway production of Six released a live cast recording of the opening night of um, Six on Broadway. Have so people can, lost their shit? So you can, yeah. So you can now hear that cast recording, which I'm really excited about because we only have the studio cast recording. It's the only one that's existed so far, which is fairly different from the show, and it doesn't have a lot of the interlocking sort of mini songs that lead you into so the studio cast we recording just doesn't we, we did this. need this mm-hmm. and I really hope they also do a West End one but it's I've listened to it already I mean I listened to it the moment it came out and it's good it's like you can it's interesting to hear where the differences are because they've got American accents and oh. whenever anyone says to me like what should I go and see in London I might just go see just six. go see six so much fun oh yeah listening to it I was like oh, I want to see it I'm so ready to see it again I'd love to see it on Broadway Mm, I feel like they bring a totally different flavour, and I that's do. yeah, it's interesting listening to this because you can kind of hear the you other, can hear the flavour. The other um, gossip that I was reading this week was that Cinderella's closing and people are mad. They're mad because the way they told them, right? They announced it like they didn't tell all the cast and stuff. They no, they told them just after a Sunday matinee, but it was already in the press or something. Yeah, so they had to read about it before they were told. But also, it's just the way that in which like people, I guess, in that industry are told, oh, we're closing, by the way. Like, the job that you thought was running for this amount of time isn't. Imagine if just at your work, your contract was like, oh, actually... And you have to go then start auditioning for other shows, things that have already, like, got their people. Yeah, I think, like, back to the union have been doing little sort of mini protests and things just to protest against the treatment of the cast and and the way it's handled. No, but you know what? Your review and a couple of others that I read and saw, I just, I'm, I wasn't actually You're that good. fussed. Yeah, you yeah, can it's skip not it. one that I was desperate to see, but it's sad for everyone involved and the way that they were all sort of told. Awful, yeah. And hopefully, going forward, you know, they'll treat companies with more respect. Come on, Sir Lloyd Webber. Sir Lloyd Webber. Is he a sir? Yeah, but Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh yeah. Sir Lloyd. Oh no, I guess Sir Lloyd Webber. Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. You I would say always, Sir Lloyd Webber. No, I would always say Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. You didn't say Sir Lloyd Webber, would you? Would you just say Sir Andrew? No, I'd just call him Andy. <laughs> Andy. But he was the one that went mental about like reopening and all this stuff. He was the, the first to reopen. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird that he like this is his show and he hasn't sort of handled it better because he's very passionate about the industry and all involved. So that was a bit strange the way it that was. was all handled. People aren't happy about it, but... Anyway, anyway, let's go on with the first review. On with the podcast. No, we've got first your top tip. Well, my top tip is Sister at the Musical, yes. based on the film from the 90s, was it? 93? No, yeah. 91, I feel it's the first one, and Sister at 2, 93. Starring Whoopi Goldberg. We are so excited about this. It's such a classic film. We love it so much. It's coming to the event in Apollo um, Tuesday, the 19th of July, till Sunday, the 28th of August. And it's starring one of our absolute favourite uh, performers, Jennifer Saunders and Beverly Knight. Both wow. of them, sorry, double double bill there. Amazing cast. I know, so excited. Because and also starring, I noticed Clive Rowe, who... Oh um, yeah, Clive Rowe's amazing. Yeah, did we see him in Guys and Dolls? I'm pretty sure we did. Mm. He's, yeah, we've seen him in a couple of things, actually, and he's always incredible. That's really good casting. Yeah. Because it was going to be Whoopi Goldberg, originally, was going to star in the musical... And I remember being kind of excited. That was like pre-pandemic. Sort mm. of being quite excited because that's kind of epic casting. But then 
the songs in it are written for quite a good singer. And I feel like Beverly Knight is obviously a better singer than Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. So I kind of feel like we'll get a real good performance from her. But um, we didn't see this first time around because this was in London 10 years ago or something, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't something... We fancied. No, I I feel like we revered the film too much. Yeah, and and also we we hadn't really heard any of the songs and we just thought it was going to be a bit jukeboxy. And then since then we've listened to the soundtrack and there's a couple of absolute belters on there. There really is quite poppy so, numbers it's, yeah, the music yeah. um, is by music li- lyrics are by Alan Menken love Alan Menken who did all like Aladdin best Disney movies and, yeah. yeah it's going to be very exciting so we've got tickets booked um, how much did we spend in the end because the tickets kind of really range at the event of Apollo don't they yeah they really do we've not actually been there have we so we don't even know no, what the good seats are but been. you can get tickets from £25 to like £290 for VIP yeah. Um, also worth mentioning is on the website when you go to book certain dates there's a notice that comes up that tells you which dates Beverly is not doing Interesting. so there's like four dates when she's not available and look so, whoever understudies her I'm sure will be oh, yeah. really good um, but I want to see Bev 100% but also I would rec- if you were going to go to one of those performances if you wait nearer the time you'll probably get cheaper tickets maybe yeah they've released they it on the days and because they might not sell as well I actually don't know who is understudying her I wonder if they've mm. said who because originally I feel like someone was like Brenda Edwards was going to understudy for Whoopi like for certain performances they had already mapped uh, okay. out but I don't know if they've announced that this time we'll have to look but we're, we're going to see Beth that's uh, can't all that wait. matters so if you want to see Sister Act get booking now it's at the event of Apollo in London and I think it's there might be some other tour dates check on the website let's talk about our first show then which was Oklahoma. Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma, it's called, this production. Oh, okay. Interestingly, they've really wanted to put that up front. And I think that's because this production is so radical and edgy and modern. But I think the whole point of the production is they want to... It's, it's Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma. They haven't changed any of the text. It is still Oklahoma. They haven't changed any of the music. But they've made like a radical new version. And this is As the... you've never seen it before. <laughs> And it's at the uh, it's at the Young Vic Theatre in London. Love we love that um, theatre. But you told me about this because it had come over from New York, from Broadway. Yeah, it did really well at the... I'm pretty sure it won Best Musical Revival at the Tonys. And I remember one of the actresses won Best Supporting Actress. And I just the reviews were just like raves. It was an off-Broadway thing that then was so popular it moved to Broadway and is now on a US tour. So when I saw that the Young Vic were doing it, we snapped up them tickets. I think we should tell people a little bit about like what Oklahoma is because it's obviously the film and there's like the famous songs from it. But yeah. what is actually the subject text? Like, what's it? What's about? Um, I've got to do the whole plot. <laughs> well, I feel like most people know Oklahoma, right? It's about. Uh, no, I don't think a lot of people do. Well, it's sort of set in Oklahoma before Oklahoma was a state. So I don't, my, my history's not great, but it's that point before they joined the yeah. Union. So it's basically the Wild West kind of still. Mm-hmm. Cow farmers and um They're having a cowboys. cookout and they're, they're all like having picnics. It's all very kind of country fire, yeah. isn't it? And uh, what's the main character, Laurie? She's, she's on the farm with her aunt Ella and Curly's sort of her suitor. But then there's also this weird farmhand called Judd Fry. So there's like a, an odd love triangle going on because Judd's really into Laurie, but she doesn't like him. He's weird. But Oklahoma's always been like a bit of a troubling yeah. story generally. Like that whole Judd-Curly conversation. I just never get how the bit with Curly and Judd is supposed to play because mm-hmm. it's quite sinister. But this production fairly leans into that. They were like, and... this weird scene that Oscar's talking about where the two of them have this like weird face-off in 
in his house. But Curly sort of tells Judd that he could like hang himself. It's really like, it suddenly takes a dark yeah because character turns. You and like you're not sure some how people's mental health like either their mental health seems to be, and it's just it's really unsettling. That was done in a really clever way because they like s- switched all the lights off and had mm. this sort of the microphones really close to their lips, and it was kind of. It really I feel like they decided to out. focus in on the weird moments. And again, because they've called it Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma, they want to say, this is the text. You just never heard it like this before. So it made you hyper-focused on what was being said. Yeah, I mean, that worked so well at the, at the end. Really, There's like really a great clever. big crescendo of an ending. And they just read it like they were sitting around a round table read. They just yeah, I think read they really lines. wanted you to be like, listen to this like actual book from the show from 1954. It's so dark and... We're just going to strip it back. We're not going to act it. We're not going to do anything. And also, I guess it's because it's about love triangles and love matches. We have the two side characters, Ada, Annie and Will. They've sort of lent into basically this is about like horny farmers and cowboys Mm -hmm. is kind of what they've discovered is at the heart of this play, I guess. And so they've really ramped up the like sexual tension of everything. Like the bit with Curly and um, Laurie, it's not sort of coquettish and cute and romantic and flirty. They've like... They're down and day. Yeah, they're DTF. <laughs> They've really... And the way that they both played it, I thought was amazing. They Their chemistry was like... Oh, they were grinding. They were yeah. bumping. And again, the lighting was really good at sort of displaying the characters in a horniness basically. Talk about Ada Annie. Talk about Ada Annie because we loved Annie her. Ada was so good. Uh, Marisha Wallace played Ada Annie. Oh, who Marisha. Who we saw in um, Waitress. Waitress. And she was amazing. She And I thought she played the comedy so well. She did it really like deadpan. Because Ada Annie is quite like a silly, flirty. Sassy. She just can't say no. Yeah. And you can play it quite broad, I think. Whereas she played it really deadpan and like the dumbness of Ada Annie, she played in a really funny way, like in a really flat... Yeah, you're so right. <laughs> yeah, I think she just... I thought she did it. And her voice is incredible as well. Oh, her voice is... It's very Disney, her voice. Do you not think? It's like that kind of pure Princess and the Frog. That's mm. what it's reminding me of, that kind of... It's Because very, it had that Southern, yes. like really pretty Southern. It was, yeah, that it was really... She was just brilliant. And I thought Curly was played by um, Arthur Derville. And Laurie was played by Anushka Lucas. She was amazing. She was really good. Yeah. Again, her voice was like crystal clear yes. and powerful. We, and... When we came out at the interval, we don't usually talk much about it at the interval, do we? Because we like no. to like save it for the podcast and we both like to like think about it. But we'll usually say things that are like immediately on our mind and we both like, this sounds amazing. Yeah, so they've like, got like a, the... a bluegrass band. Yeah, on and... stage. And they also had speakers. So certain parts when like the band were just like doing something really quiet, they magnified that and these speakers. Yeah, the sound design was incredible. The sound was amazing. It was always like echoey. I can see why this was so popular on Broadway. Um, We should say this was directed by Daniel Fish and Jordan Fine and they've brought it over from America. A couple of the cast came with it. So Judd and Will, I think, were both from the US cast and they were both brilliant. It was James Davis playing Will Parker who was Ada Annie's love match. And I just thought, he again, he played the comedy so well. It wasn't too over the top. He just played it really brilliantly. Again, the comic performance, but obviously the whole show has a really dark edge. Yeah, and at the end, you're like, it ends and you're like, whoa, that is no, no musical has ever ended like that. Yeah. And they do something very dark with a very happy song that you would usually have at the end. Yes. And the way I they interpret, loved it. The way they interpret the songs, the way they interpret the title song, Oklahoma, when they're yeah. all stamping their feet. Yeah. They just... 
it's so radical the way they've done it. And I think some people, it'll probably be too much for them. I think it'll probably be too much for them. And also if you're like a purist and you kind of just want your old, your your musicals to be how you remembered them. That's true. This is going to refocus how you see it. This will blow your mind. (laughs) But it's just so clever how they did it. They haven't had to make huge changes to the story or like have different things said to different characters. They've just done it. There's no gimmicks. No, they've just taken all the stuff that when we saw it at Chichester, we were like, "Mm, that was a bit weird. They didn't really solve the problem of that. They've just been like, yeah, these are unsolvable weird issues. And, and we're going re- to we're we're like shine a light on them. And yes, and we're make going it to even make, more weird, even yeah. more uncomfortable. We're doubling down on the weirdness of this musical. Yeah, and I just loved it. That will stay with me for forever. Yeah. Do you know the sort of musicals where you just remember moments of that? It was brilliant. Yeah, I think... Visually, that And I would tell anyone end. to go and see it. Like, oh, even a non-musical fan, because, again, because the music's live, it's a bluegrass band, it feels more giggy, you're sat in, I don't want to, like, spoil too much about the experience, but you're sort of sat in, I guess, what's like a, you know, a canteen in, in the South, it's set in a nondescript present day, it's not modern, they're not on mobile phones, but this is not set in 19-whatever no. State of the Union, they're wearing sort of modern dress, yeah. but ambiguously modern, I would say. Yeah. Um, but you just feel really part of the whole experience. You're just there at this canteen where they're serving chili and corn or whatever, um, having a few drinks, and you feel like you're in and part of it, which makes those uncomfortable, violent sexual moments quite like visceral. It's yeah, so good, wasn't it? It's it is like the definitive production. It is, and I want I want anyone who has like ever seen Oklahoma. It's, I think you'd yeah to see this version because having seen the other one in Chichester myself, I'm like it's just so interesting to see how something could be flipped. Yeah. And, yeah, but yeah, I would. I mean, I would highly recommend this. However, tickets are already scarce. Like the reviews have been amazing here, just like they were in New York. So I looked before this at a lot of dates, limited availability. But so they do do book now. returns on the day. Yes, I was about to say last show I saw there the collaboration. I got a ticket on the day. Um, top price seats like £68. I think we got asked for 40 That isn't a bad seat because it's no. a very small... Well, actually, there's not a bad seat, but um, sometimes in the in the Young Vic, we sit on the first circle. The first circle. Um, but this time we sat down and I remember thinking, I'm really glad we sat down. Yeah, you'll so get I a better experience in the stalls. To sit in the stalls. And it's worth 68 quid. This is like a real experience. Um, so I would recommend anyone try and book tickets if you can. If not, just call up every day on the day and try and get a ticket because it's, it's, it's really impactful. Yeah. We ha- we're kind of like speechless for it almost, aren't we? We are like, yeah, this was I'm kind really of like considering seeing it again if I've got time. God, Young Vic is just so, do you remember when oh, we, so we, we'll ne- we should have gone and seen um, Blood, Blood Wedding. Wedding again? Yeah. We'll never forget that. But that, yeah, this reminds me of a Blood Wedding does, type experience where, cause it had that earthy real vibe and I'll definitely remember this. For so, a long cool. Time. so cool. So cool. So cool. Um, should we have a drink? Yeah, what should we have? Should I tell you what I've got? What? I've got a grapefruit, a bag, of, anything. A, a bag of limes, mm-hmm. a um, a bag of lemons, I've got vodka, I've got gin, I've got tequila. I mean, we could just do a classic margarita, but with, um, instead of just lime, do a grapefruit, you know. Oh, you mean a pink lady? A pink lady? We can have a pink lady. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Okay, cool. Pink Lady, 
to drink while we talk about My Fair Lady. That's how we're going to link this uh, cocktail in this episode. Oh, there we go. Well done. I didn't think of anything this week. So you've provided us with a pink lady um, for My you Fair Lady. You could say that I'm my your fair muse. Pink lady. I'm your muse. My Fair Pink Lady. My Pink Fair Lady? No, my that sounds a bit sexual. My... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is our next review, which is My Fair Lady. Another classic American musical like Oklahoma, but this one done fully traditionally, this production. So it was Old quite school. yeah, so it was quite a jump to go from well we saw them one week after each other, but it's total juxtaposition. Yeah. This and is it's um, at the London Coliseum, which is I think it's London's biggest theatre and mm-hmm. if you haven't seen something there, you it's have amazing. to. It's amazing. There isn't really it's like the opera house but kind of it's more open and wide. Wider. So you, you can feel a bit distant, but you always get a pretty good view. And we, our seats were fantastic. Yeah, we only paid 40 quid in the first circle. It was so good. Um, so this, that's, for anyone who doesn't know My Fair Lady, it's a Learner and Low musical. The movie starred Audrey Hepburn. The original production starred Julie Andrews. She wasn't cast in the film. She wasn't happy about it. Awkward. But she did Mary Poppins instead. And she thanked... Look how that turned out. She thanked the movie producers of My Fair Lady in her Oscar acceptance speech for Mary Poppins. God, bitter much. Let it go. What do you mean? <laughs> I think she was just being shady. Yeah, really shady. It's like, shade. And to that thing that I didn't get cast in, I like to thank you. And they're like, yeah, you've got, got an Oscar. Yeah. Well, I got a big laugh. Did it? Well, I think because everyone felt like she should have been cast in the movie, you know. Oh. So people like felt for her. So she was like, well, thanks. I'm Mary Poppins now. Anyway. Put this, that in your pipe and smoke it, Audrey. This production stars Amara Okariki, who I last saw in The Boyfriend at the Many a Chocolate Factory. She was in Les Mis. And she's playing Eliza Doolittle. And Henry Higgins is being played by Harry Hayden Patton. And this production, again, has come from New York. This okay. was a Lincoln Centre production. Directed by Bartlett Shear, who is also the director of To Kill a Mockingbird that's on in London, just around the corner. So he's got two shows. And he's a a huge Broadway, um, he's done loads of musicals. And this was on in New York, was a huge hit, has now come here. It's a very traditional, lavish, old-fashioned production. Oh, he did The King and I that we went to see with Kelly O'Hara. So that's kind of his thing, taking these prestige older musicals and doing them in a very traditional way, paying respect to, you know... Yeah, the original I mean, style. They, there is no expense spared on these kind of yeah, the costumes, costume. the lighting, the orchestra. Yeah, big orchestra, we should say, which yeah, is really nice to Sounds hear. really nice. Um, but it's funny going, you know, like you were saying about going to see Oklahoma, and I was going to say seeing something modern to seeing something old, and I'm like, no, I've seen two old older, things. Yeah. But it just made me realise I don't really like these bring backs, these classics. The King and I's, My Fair Ladies. Well, they've got awkward, you know, things going on with them. And imagine, like, I want this, the people who did Oklahoma to do to a do King and I, which, like, yeah. fully looks at the situation, well, colonialism in But they in should Thailand. do My Fair Lady. So the story of My Fair Lady is that Liza Doolittle is, like, selling... A commoner. Fl- a commoner in Covent Garden, selling flowers at the crack of dawn. And, um... Professor Henry Higgins. Picks her up off the street... Yeah, because he's a linguist and he's basically mocking her, you know, her common accent. And then him and his, like, boyfriend, essentially. What's his boyfriend <laughs> and called? Just his confirmed bachelor <laughs> friend, uh, Pickering. Pickering. Take her in as a project. She willingly is like, yes, okay, I'm part Yeah, I want to learn to speak proper. Yeah. And so they're going to make her into a lady and see if they can pass her off as and being then, lady. And then his boyfriend's out buying her clothes, <laughs> couture clothes. Yeah, they do make kind of winks to that. Because that is inherent they, in the text. Even at the time, I think it's there's a few jokes in there. But more now, they've sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge at that sort of thing, haven't they? The confirmed yes. bachelors. 
And then her father comes and says that he wants, basically trying to bribe him to say, I want this money. And he's like, well, I'm going to pass your daughter off as a lady. He takes her to meet his mother, who is played by a Redgrave. Uh, Vanessa. Vanessa, Vanessa Redgrave. Redgrave. She was brilliant. Dame Vanessa? I can't remember now. Probably. It wouldn't say in the programme, though, obviously, because when you work on the stage styling, you don't use your... Oh, really? Well, Judy doesn't, Maggie doesn't, but who... Yes, because Maggie Smith on Graham Norton was talking about this. She's saying, oh, you don't use your um, knighthood or whatever, damehood, when you're working, like acting. And she said, unless you're, um, uh, what's he called, Sir King Bensley... Who's that? Ben Kingsley. Oh. So she was just being super shady that he uses his... uh, and then he's bit up his own ass. Oh, wow. Maggie Smith is so shady. Really? I feel like she's always making comments. Do you know what, though? I feel what like... Does, I... She calls Richard E. Grant, um, Richard E. Can't. <sighs> yeah, like, apparently she's just had but a lot she, of run She's got people. no shits to give. They've been around Absolutely for not. so long. Yeah. They are getting job offers left, right and centre. Absolutely. They'll work forever. Yeah. So she doesn't have attention. She's like, give a shit about you. Like, <laughs> oh, what? what about... Yeah, yeah. She doesn't care. No. She really doesn't, but I think she's a shady lady and I love it. She'll be rude about anyone. She's yeah. like, come for me, please do. So Vanessa Redgrave, maybe Dame Vanessa Redgrave, plays the mother. Yes, and she she can't believe Eliza Doolittle's a lady. And then um, she sort of lets it slip, doesn't she? She lets the accent slip. They have this huge bust up. Well, they won't, they. Let's get back together. But what I found in that bit was like, He's basically tearing her down the whole way, being mm-hmm. like, you're not that attractive. And, you know, he's just yeah. completely... It's Fifty Shades of Grey. It is a little bit. He's yeah, putting but... marbles in her mouth at one stage. Yeah. Like, it I was like, this weird. is kinky. But this production goes, again, in completely opposite direction of Oklahoma. And rather than, like, doubling down into that and, like, making that raw and gritty or whatever, it kind of very much fluffs it up and makes the whole production so sort of fun and buoyant and a bit camp so that some of the more dodgy sexual politics i guess don't seem they don't come across as creepy which is good no so there's like you know when she's like fainting because they've made her do too many exercises like speaking exercises Mm -hmm. they're not concerned about her at all are they they're just like up you get yeah you know because they're like if we look like we're concerned people will be like oh yeah actually she's just fainting yeah they haven't tried to like rectify it in any sort of way they've just lent they've lent into the sort of bubbly beautifulness of the show it's a very light-hearted kind of thing yeah but some of the some of the sexual politics don't are a bit odd I mean, aren't they but you know they get they sort of get lost likes- from the audience because it's so on that's the thing it's so on the nose he's such an obnoxious kind of character that when he's like she throws his, his slippers at him. He's like, I like it when you throw my slippers at me. <laughs> it is a bit Fifty Shades Grey, isn't it? It really is. Well, again, the people who did Oklahoma um, need to come and do My Fair Lady, like a dark, uh, sexy version, Fifty Shades of Grey style. No, let's just rename it Marbles in My Mouth. <laughs> yeah, that bit was really weird. Um, Amara Okariki was brilliant, though. She's got a really lovely voice, really pure, beautiful voice. And I thought she did a pretty good job, especially with the singing. Look, um, I've seen it once before. Oh, yeah, who did? You saw, I saw Richard, Richard E. Grant. Grant. Richard E. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what? He did. Yeah, he turned it. He was really good because he's quite manic and, it. you know, he's got so much energy. Yeah. Um. So I'd seen it before. I know what it's about. I was like, okay, it's like when I see Carousel. Mm-hmm. I know the songs. I know it's like it's the subject, like yeah. there's some weird shit going on, but I ultimately enjoy it. But actually... I don't even like the songs that much in My Fair Lady. All I want is a room somewhere. Yeah. doesn't do it for me. And that's, that's the big true. one that I Do you know what? It's quite to. a gentle musical and there's no, what we sort of like, even in a Rodden Hammerstein, is a sort of big... Belter. 
belter or a big group number or an upbeat number. And this only has I'm Getting Married in the Morning is the only chorus, big, fun, dancey number. Um, so it doesn't quite have enough. No, you need a half a sixpence. You, as well as your umpapa, you need to consider yourself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas this doesn't really have. They've got with a little bit of luck. Stephen K. Amos, uh, the comedian, played Eliza's father. Didn't I, love his performance, did we? I just don't think he didn't. He's not a singer, mm-hmm. and that showed. And it kind of pulled his performance back when he had to pull the notes back in a way. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't really land with a little bit. It's like a big characterful song, and if you can't sort of vocalize that like a Clive Rowe or someone could, Mm -hmm. like a proper comedic supporting musical theatre actor. It just, he just felt a bit limited in what he could do. And that was a bit of a shame. And I didn't think we, that's kind of star casting, so to speak, that you don't really need when you've got a prestige production of a prestige musical. And it's all about Eliza. And it's that that you know, you know, you don't need to get the Yeah, I just really wanted like a more strong comedic musical theatre professional in that role. But yeah, I think I would agree that it's it feels it, it's not going to stay with me like Oklahoma. No. Um, and although the costumes were beautiful and the set was really ornate and quite lavish, it just it almost felt a little small in the you know it's such a big theatre that because there weren't any big group numbers, mm. it just they didn't really fill that space I don't in the wanna, way that they should have. Yeah, and I don't want to just. I felt like there wasn't enough happening on stage. It's like somebody carrying a tea tray. What happened so often? I was like, if I mm. see that tea tray coming up and down one more time, like, can we have some other choreography going on with other? Yeah, it it's wasn't not a big a, enough cast, no, and it's not a dancey kind of show. It was very pleasant to watch, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it's going to stay with me in any particular way. But I also just don't think I love Mayfair Lady that much. No, because it's not like oh, but I loved that. The song. songs aren't good. No, yeah, you didn't even like the songs that much. But I would still, I would recommend this for people who are looking for that traditional. Musical, you kind of feel like you're getting the West End experience, especially oh, if you definitely. don't. Definitely, if somebody in your family or your, you know, somebody was like, "Oh, I love that, I love it." I love but... My Fair Lady. Oh, this yeah. is good production. If you like My Fair Lady, this is really good, and it's a really traditional production. And I think it'll be a big crowd pleaser. That's it, exactly. If you like My Fair Lady, you'll like this. Yeah. We don't like My Fair Lady, and that's what no, we've really discovered. We yeah, we and we don't. It's not a film we watched as much growing no. up, once or twice. Yeah, there we go. we're just not a big My Fair Lady fans, but I'm kind of glad we saw it because now I can like. Tick it off. It off. Yeah, I've exactly. seen a really good, professional, lavish production of it, but I don't really need to see but, it again no. until Bard Sunescape, who did the production of Oklahoma. I should have said that earlier. It's the, the Bard Sunescape production of Oklahoma. Okay, so when they turn their When they hands. do My Fair Lady and like strip it back and make it dark and psychosexual and violent, then I'll go see it. But I think they might have a little, little struggle on their hands there. When Eliza Doolittle is getting choked, I will go. <laughs> And until then... Jamie Dornan is playing Professor Higgins. Yeah. Well, that was My Fair Lady, and that is running at the London Coliseum until... Open now, running until the 27th of August, so you've got all summer to watch that. And I think it'll be a big hit with, you know, families. It's a family-friendly show. Mm -hmm. Um, Tickets are pretty affordable because the theatre's so big. Um, Our seats at the back of the first circle were £40. Oh, they were brilliant. And they were really good. You get a great view. It'll be quite easy, I think, to get a good value ticket for this. Um, And also, check on the day. If you buy them through the website before I've gone and I've checked on the day how well sold it is, see there's lots of seats available. And then I've gone to the box office and said, can you upgrade 
my seats if there's like any empty ones for free obviously and occasionally that's happened they wouldn't do it when i bought through today's tips but if you're on their system like these i booked through the website you can just go and say to them like is it well sold is there any like chance of because they don't want big empty gaps anywhere near the front and stuff yeah so sometimes you get a cheeky upgrade Mm. and it's such a big big house to fill we need to go and see something else though when i get good seats i think we need to come back and sit in these exact seats well, their musical production is always great. And it's just, we mentioned it, but like having a really big orchestra is really nice for a classic musical, especially. Mm. Yeah. So that's on till August 27th. That's My Fair Lady. So we've got a good week ahead of us. I'm excited next week we're going to see Lee Lund at Regent's Park Open Air Theatre. and the Directed London. by Lucy Moss of Six Fame. Oh, yes. And Weather's been good. Weather's been good. Fingers crossed. We'll be in St. James's. Is it St. James's Park? Yeah. yeah. No, Regent's Park. Regent's, Regent's Park. Park Open Air Theatre. Duh. And we'll be having... Some Take sort of picnic. picnic. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what you're going to bring. I can't wait to see what you're going to bring. I'll be bringing um, free snacks that I take from work. <laughs> okay. Do you like bounce Thanks bars? Thanks for contribution. <laughs> Do you like mini no. cans of coke? No. Well, you're an hostess. <laughs> yes, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. And then we've got something else after that as well, I believe. We've got our punch drunk yes, experience punch coming drunk up. Experience. I'm getting a bum bag and my trainers. What's though. it called again? The Burnt City. In um, which has now started running but I don't want to know anything about it because I feel like you've just totally got to experience that one you yeah yeah I'm looking forward to that so until next time this has been Theatre Club Podcast do follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast don't forget to subscribe and leave a little rating for this podcast yes, if you enjoy it until next time bye bye, bye.